Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Or, if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. And hello and welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you once again. Hey, would you do a, a take a moment and help me get the word out about this channel by telling everyone you know and encouraging them to subscribe and click the notification bell. Well, tonight I'm going to be continuing the study of the book of Corinthians with chapter 9. In this portion of the letter, Paul talks about his apostleship and what he was entitled to, but did not take so that there would be no hindrance of the gospel message that he brought. So once again, thank you for joining me on this previously recorded podcast. Hello and welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. I am all sorts of jacked up this this afternoon, this evening, uh, but I'm I think I'm tracking now. I had a bunch of work stuff going on over here on my phone right before everything started, so isn't that the way it always is? But hopefully you can hear me now. Uh, the recorder has started, so that that is going at least. Um, and <laughs> that's that hasn't happened in a while, but. Yeah, what are you going to do? We're not professionals around here. So um, anyways, uh, I, I do welcome you back. It's been only about a week or so. Um, well, it's only, it's been two weeks exactly from the last time we were together. Uh, last time I had my dad on, they're still in, in town. My dad and mom are still in town. and uh, But um, they are. he's not on, obviously, tonight. Um, it's just going to be me. We'll be back in 1 Corinthians in, the, in chapter 9. And while we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, before we get started there, um, I just want to say thank you to everybody that reached out and said happy birthday. Uh, I did have my 40th birthday. What was really uh, very, very, very special is my wife surprised me. Now, if you follow my personal page on uh, uh, my own personal Facebook page, you would have seen this. So my brother in Christ, Brother Aaron... He's been on the program uh, several times, and his wife and his two children, and then my brother in Christ, Adam uh, Fairchild, and his wife, Angela, and my brother in Christ, Shane Shockey, and his wife, Nikki, all came down and surprised me here in Gulfport. I got, I was, it was a, uh, so I had my dad on Thursday night. And then I said, hey, you know, we'll be out of town the, the following Thursday. We're going to Alabama. It's just going to be me and the wife. And this is what I thought was just going to be our birthday celebration. But unbeknownst to me, my wife had planned something else. And Friday, I played a round of golf. And my dad was acting strange, but I didn't think anything of it. Just normal, normal self, I guess you would say. But he was, he was, I was going to buy him, um, lunch, a late lunch, uh, into like, I guess you would say an early even dinner. And, um, because he had beaten me in golf and with, you know, the friendly thing is, is, um, you know, if, if I beat him, he had to pay for the, uh, for dinner or whatever. And if he beat me, uh, that I would pay for dinner, my dad's way better at golf than me. So 
it's my way of just him not complaining when I buy him dinner. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, but I get in the house and, um, my wife says, and she meets me at the door, uh, there with my mom. And uh, I was like, what's going on? She says, Hey, your birthday, uh, gift came in. It's in your studio, uh, or inside this room. And I was kind of confused. I was like, okay. And when I, before I opened the door, I thought I heard some rustling around. So I thought for a moment that she had bought me a dog and we have three already <laughs> small little dogs. And I was like, it's another dog. I can't believe this. But as soon as I opened up the door, surprise, there they all were. And uh, then we, we spent um, three or four days. It's like four days over in a house. We, uh, she rented a house uh, big enough for all of us to have our own bedrooms and bathrooms and all these other kinds of things. And we spent um, four days fellowshipping and loving on each other, and it was a fantastic time. And uh, they, they, they did all that just to come down to see me for my birthday, my 40th birthday, and I was just floored. My wife absolutely uh, did a, a fantastic job of surprising me, and so that's what happened. Uh, the love of my life surprised me. Uh, and I don't normally ha uh, like surprises. Uh, let's put it that way. I normally try to find out, you know, what she gets me, you know. Uh, I don't know what it is about that. I just like to know. And uh, But she surprised me, and I'm so thankful that she did. It was a great time. We were loving on each other. And then uh, once they all went back uh, home, then me and my wife got uh, three days, two nights, of alone time. We went to Alabama, Fairhope, Alabama, which is a lovely spot. Um, I got a chance to play some golf. Um, she drove around in the golf course with me and we spent time together and uh, got to go to dinner together. No children. So, you know, we woke up in the morning. There was no dogs. There was no little kids. And it was uh, a fantastic time. So, with that being said, it was just my my cup ran over with all the uh, the the love and everything. And then our church family here, the local church family, um, gave me a nice card um, and um, some some spending money in there and everything like that. Just and and I really just want to say from the bottom of my heart to anybody that's watching or. Uh, that uh, had any part in that and or wished me happy birthday online or whatever, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. I don't understand how 40 years clip off that fast, but they do. And uh, as the Bible says, life is but a vapor, um, but I enjoyed my 40th year of vapor, you know, the, that flash of a moment. And uh, having my mom down here and my dad down here and then all those uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, it was just incredible. And, uh, yes, as Sister Janet says here over here on Facebook, I am so blessed, and that is absolutely true. So God is so good. Uh, some things have been changing up uh, professionally for me. Um, a lot of that thing will come out a lot later on. I'll, I'll tell you all about that. Lots of things are changing in my life professionally, and uh, but that's okay. God has a plan, a perfect plan. Things that I had thought that were planned are, are changing, but God is good. And I'm not complaining about that. I'm, in fact, I'm, I'm at peace because uh, I've just let let God is in control. I'm I'm not going to try to fight anything, and um, 
you know, things always come to an end uh, eventually in your military career, and uh, things could be ending maybe sooner than I thought by a little bit. So be it. And uh, whatever God has for us, we are looking forward to that. So with that being said, let's, uh, that's, that's a long introduction, but that's just me saying thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I, I am blessed. Thank the Lord. Praise the Lord for you all and your love that you've shown towards me and uh, appreciation. Um, a birthday gift you can give me, though, is to share and like this page, uh, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or you're listening on any of the podcast platforms, That whether that's on YouTube or, excuse me, on, uh, let's see, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, uh, Spotify, any of the places you you want to look, you can find me at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries Podcast. You just put, uh, put that into the search bar and you will see this program. And uh, please give that a like and a follow over there on any of those podcast platforms as well as on Facebook. Make sure you follow and like and everything like that so you know when I go live. And also on YouTube. Um, YouTube dwindles. Uh, a lot of people aren't on YouTube anymore. They they like to find another places. And that's fine. Um, I'm still able to go live on Facebook and YouTube. That's why I still use those two platforms. I have other platforms that I have not been keeping up with. Uh, there's Odyssey. Uh, Odyssey uh, mirrors my YouTube channel, so you can always keep up with that as well if you don't have a YouTube channel. But please share uh, by word of mouth. Uh, just talk to people and say, hey, you know, um, if you want to uh, listen to the Word of God, uh, there's a brother in Christ that's down in Mississippi that wants to talk to you. Also, I did a reorder. So these are the famous, I don't know how famous you want to talk about, but the famous stickers. These are high-quality stickers. Uh, let this mind be in you. You can put it on your uh, coffee mug. You can put it on uh, maybe like your computer uh, on, the, on the back of it or something like that, or you can put it in a... These are great conversation starters. And I, I'm not kidding. So if you want to reach out to me and you want one of these, I've sent these out in the past to anybody that's wanted them. Uh, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. Please don't put it on any kind of public page comment or something like that. Don't put your email or your, your, uh, your mailing address on there. But if you would like one of these, I will send it to you free of charge. Okay, It won't cost you a, th a, th a thing. Um, each one of these stickers, though, are a little bit over a dollar a piece. And I don't say that because I'm trying to tell you that um, it's all that expensive. It's not. I don't mind. Um, but they're good quality. I've had these stickers on this mug. I wash it, hand wash it and stuff like that, and haven't had any trouble. And this has been on there a while. I have a bigger, a couple other cups that they've been on. And uh, they're good quality stickers and uh, kind of made of a, like a vinyl or something like that. And so if you can see that, in fact, let me get over here to the side here. And I'll get you, so it's about, uh, I would say, two inch by two inch. I think that's what I, I ordered. Uh, let this mind be in you. And you put this on your coffee mug or something at work, and somebody will say, well, what's that? And you can not only say, hey, uh, this is uh, Brother Michael D'Angelo's podcast or uh, vlog or whatever you want to call it on Facebook, YouTube, or whichever the platforms you watch or listen on. Uh, but you can also, you can tell them, you said, let this mind be in you. It's a Bible verse, Philippians 2, 5. And you can talk about the mind of Christ and the one God manifest in the flesh that humbled himself, took on the form of a servant 
and suffered even to the death of the cross. You can take him to Philippians 2 and give him the gospel. It's a great conversation starter. Uh, my brother in Christ, Aaron, has talked to many people. Uh, he has this on his coffee mug. In fact, he's the first one that took these stickers and put it on a coffee mug. I don't know if he remembers that, but he absolutely did. He put it on his, his uh, little Yeti um, coffee cup, and I saw it, and I was like, wow, that looks actually pretty good. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and copycat that. But anyways, I have plenty of them here. If you would like one, please reach out to me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com, and I will send you one. Um, <laughs> and Brother Aaron is on here. I have the last first edition for sale. It's on eBay. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so he's got the maybe the, the famous coffee mug is on eBay for sale. Yes, of course I remember that first broadcast with the mug. Yes, brother. It was a good time. And like I said, I got more of them ordered. So uh, if you want another one, please reach out to me. And uh, those that have my personal number or whatever, just go ahead and text me and I'll send you some, okay? All right, with that being said, let's get into 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So like I said, it's been two weeks since we've been back. But uh, we're going to address, it's very simple tonight, okay? I'm not going to, there's not a whole lot of deep things and and things that we're going to go into and study. However, I think it's going to be important to show some distinctions here. Um, with a few things that maybe have you've heard in the past and you want to say, well, what does this all mean and, and, and what it talks about? So we're going to address that. Just I'm going to give you some thoughts. We're going to go through, just read through 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and uh, we'll see if there's any kind of questions or comments at the end. So please do that if you'd like. Wait till the end or um, try to get my attention. I'll try to ignore this over here, though. Uh, if I possibly can. Okay. All right, so let's get started. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So open up your Bibles, your King James Bibles, to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Put that over there. And let's get the coffee mug going here. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Here's Paul once again. Once again, the Apostle Paul, I say the Apostle Paul, Paul is once again um, defending his um, apostleship. I don't know where the better way to put it. He is defending the fact that he is an apostle. And, and once again, it says here, and remember what we left off with. It's, it's, I know it's been a couple of weeks, but it says, Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. And we talked about the offense of a brother and Christian liberties and different things like that. Me and my dad did. You can go back and watch that. But as the letter continues, he says, Am I not an apostle? Now, why would else would he say that? Now, of course, defending his um, his apostleship, but as as well, I would say, uh, as important as this, he says, "Am I not an apostle?" Gives him authority, certain authority that we don't have. Uh, a somebody that has the office of a bishop does not have the same authority that Paul has. Am I not an apostle? This is defending not only his apostleship, but like I said, it's also showing his authority and what rights he had, I guess you would say, as an apostle. And let's continue on. Am I not free? Of course, we're free indeed in Christ. Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Now, there is um, your qualifier, okay? 
If you have not seen Jesus Christ, our Lord, in the flesh, talk to him, converse with him, and he hasn't personally called you to be an apostle, as Paul says, Paul called to be an apostle. If that has not happened, don't call yourself an apostle. Or if you hear somebody who's calling himself an apostle, that should be an indicator that they're either A, don't study or don't read their Bible, don't believe their Bible, or they're trying to deceive people purposely. It's as simple as that. Okay, uh, you know, there, it's not so. There has not been anybody here that uh, on this on this earth that has seen Jesus Christ in the flesh. Okay, so nobody's an apostle. Are ye not my work? Are ye not? Excuse me. Are not ye my work in the Lord? Paul once again began this work because of what happened there. He begat them in the faith, so to speak. Paul talks about this with Timothy, his work here. He brings the gospel, this dispensation of grace given to me to give to you word, as he says in other places. This is what he says, are not ye my work in the Lord? Therefore, he has certain rights, okay? There is no such thing, and I have to bring this up, there's no such thing if you ever heard of the term apostolic succession. It's not a thing. Apostleship is not passed down from one apostle to the next in line. Timothy is not called an apostle, okay? He's not somebody that is called an apostle just because Paul begat him in the faith, and then Timothy, he charges him, I charge thee before, you know, uh, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Titus is not an apostle. There's no succession in line. So somebody tries to say that as well. It's like, well, I, I trace my roots all the way back to the Apostle Paul and apostolic succession. That's another thing. Please, please be aware of that and beware, okay? But it says here in verse number two, if I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. Now, that can mean a couple different things, but I'm going to give you some thoughts on that. Just my thought, it could be an opinion, could be wrong, could be could be right. I don't know. But I want to go ahead and, and enter, I just suppose what this actually means. If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. That could mean, in my mind, because he's about ready to mention Cephas here in a moment, which is Peter, which was the apostle to the circumcision. He's given the gospel to the circumcision. So even if people would say, well, you're not one of the original apostles to the circumcision, Paul says, yet doubtless I am to you, the Corinthians, which were Gentiles. Now, I'm sure there was some Jews there that had begun under earlier, I don't know. But the point is, is that I am to you. For the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. Now, that can mean a certain few other things. Some people interject that that means that's the when the body of Christ starts, and there's all sorts of different types of teaching out there. I just want to just leave you or just talk about this, that it says here, seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the sealing unto the day of redemption. There's all sorts of different things Paul talks about in other, in other letters. But my point is, is that... Paul is once again saying to them, no matter what others are saying or trying to cast doubt, I am in fact an apostle of Jesus Christ. As he called me to be, I saw him in the flesh. 
He called me. There's certain different authority that I have. I have these same rights as an apostle. So he says in verse number three, mine answer to them that do examine me is this. So here it is. Have we not power to eat and to drink? Yo, of course, sure, you do. But this has other meanings. This isn't just you're like, you know, I'm eating and then I'm drinking this coffee or whatever like that. That's not what he's talking about. This has to do with, I believe, with his authority, okay? Have we not power to lead about a sister? Now, what does this mean? A wife as well as other apostles. All the other apostles were married as well. I personally think Paul was initially and that his wife either died or left him. That's another subject for a different day. We covered, I think, that back in 1 Corinthians 7, if I remember correctly. But then he says, as well as other apostles, and as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas. It's very interesting. We don't have a lot of time. Like I said, we're not going to go too deep into a lot of this stuff, but he mentions Cephas. Or I only and Barnabas have not we power to forbear working. Barnabas was an apostle. Now, we think about the 12 disciples or something like that, and, you know, they, they sit on the 12 thrones, and there's other different conjectures about that, but there was other disciples and other, I guess you would say, apostles. There was the chosen 12 originally, and then, of course, Judas fell, and they, um, they, they drew lots later on. But then Paul was called as one called out of due time, as, he's, as he mentions. But he is an apostle, but so is Barnabas. Barnabas had this same power as well. Verse number seven, who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges? Basically saying, we are soldiers for Christ. We're not doing this because we want to, or necessarily that we are just doing this because this is our own marching orders. As a soldier, they're going to warfare on somebody else's charges. That's why Paul says, I charge thee before, um, you know, before God that you, you know, preach the word. I charge thee, Timothy, you know, he talks about charging and it's giving a set of orders that have been passed down to him. And he got the marching orders from the head of the body, Jesus Christ. Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Once again, he's partaking of this stuff. This is, this is all his apostleship. Or who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? Paul says, hey, I don't just say this because, you know, I want to say it. Back, or uh, like, a, not back me up, or he says those scriptures back him up. Prove me. Go back into the scriptures and read what it says about this. For it is written in the law of Moses. I have scripture to prove this. Here it is. Look in the law of Moses. Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of, an, of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? Of course. Or saith he altogether, it altogether for our sakes. For our sakes, no doubt, this is written. So, Yes, of course, God takes care of the oxen, but he places men in charge of taking care of that oxen that treadeth out the corn. We, so Paul, is he's getting into the point of, I have the authority for you to take care of me. And this one is important in context because he's going to keep going. 
or say that he, or excuse me, verse number 10, or say that he it altogether for our sakes, for our sakes, no doubt this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and that he that threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, it is a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? Great question. If others be partaker of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, this is a, a simple way of, of saying this or kind of clearing this up for you. Paul says, I have this authority to take essentially everything from you. Because of my apostleship, I have this authority that I can come in and say, look, because I labor, because I've been charged, I've been given this authority, you can you take care of me. I, period. Now, we know Paul was a tent maker, and he provided for himself, and we're going to get into why I think that is right here. It says, if others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? He said, others can do this, probably others had. Can't we do the same? Of course. Nevertheless, we have not used this power. This is interesting. But suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Now, I use this verse as the, as the title. Paul says, essentially... Just as the command was given to the children of Israel to take care of the priesthood, and this is why you have the tithing, the, the Levitical tithing that came through, it was to take care of the Levitical priesthood who were not authorized to be out there planting and farming and doing all these kinds of things, you know, shepherding sheep and taking care of oxen and everything like that. The agricultural society, they were not allowed to partake in that because God had set them as a priest part of the priesthood, the Levitical priesthood. Therefore, the children of Israel were commanded, and we'll see later on, further on down the line, that it comes into as a command because of their disobedience as a, hey, uh, where have you robbed me? That's in Malachi 3. This says the burden of the word of the Lord in Malachi 1. This is a burden to the children of Israel. So it seems like the, the Jewish apostles, which Paul was one, obviously, but as they went to the circumcision, there was them utilizing this, saying, look, God took care of his priesthood through the people. You take care of us, just as God has commanded before. This is what God is talking about. And Paul is using that, saying, I have that same authority, however. And I think because he was dealing with Gentiles, this shows a true change in a lot of things. Let's read on further. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, once again because of that priesthood. That's why I just brought that up about the Levitical priesthood. And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. Think about the Old Testament Levitical priesthood. They would bring the sacrifice, and then they would have the flesh hook, okay? And they were allowed to take through at that altar, they were allowed to take that flesh hook, and whatever came up on it, that was their sustenance. That's how they ate and remember, I believe it was, it was either Samuel's sons or Eli's sons. I, I'm drawing a blank right now, so maybe somebody can help me out with that, um, that were drawing the good stuff out. And I think there was like, they were using it to bribe ladies for other things. Okay, I, you know, I'm not going to get, you know, grab, the Bible explains it. 
And like I said, I cannot remember if it was Eli's sons or Samuel's sons off the top of my head right now. But my point is, is that that's how they were partakers with the altar. They actually, things, the food and everything that was left there, you know, the, the blood sacrifices, the, the animals, the bulls, the goats, the, the sheep, you know, the turtle doves, all these different kinds of things, they had the ability to live off of that. Because once again, they were not authorized by God to do anything else other than to take care of the temple and the synagogues and all those different places. All right, let's move on. Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Now, it, does this mean that anybody that preaches the gospel is has the authority to take of the people? Or, hey, you've got to take care of me. I'll just use this for Levi's son. Mm, Sister Janet, I don't think it's Levi's son. I think it was either Eli or Samuel. I'll have to look it up later or somebody else can go there, but um, I don't think it was Levi's son in the uh, in the tabernacle. I believe this is later on. I could be wrong, though. You could be right. Anyways, um, the reason why I bring this up, do I have the right? Okay, I preach the gospel, okay? I, I teach. I, I do all this kind of stuff. Do I have the right to say, well, since I do that, uh, should live of the gospel. So that's how I earn my pay. I don't think this is what this is talking about. Others do, okay? Um, that's how they they take care of the the bishop or the, the one that um, has the office of a bishop. Those tend to be the ones that preach the most, right? So if they're the ones that says, well, even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel, it could possibly mean that. I, I personally think that uh, if that's the way you choose to do it in your local group or assembly of believers and that's how you take care of somebody, they don't have an, another job that they can provide for their family and that's the way you choose to do it in your local group, fine. Okay, but I don't necessarily think that that's what it's talking about. I do think, though, that that's perfectly fine. Okay. I'm not railing against that. I think that it, when it becomes a corporation and people are kind of moving up the, the corporate ladder, so to speak, and they move on for the next, you know, corporate paying job and it's some sort of like pro profession, I do think that that becomes a, a different story altogether. I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now, but uh, it talks about uh, filthy lucre in the Bible. Anyways, we're moving on. But verse number 15, I have used none of these things. And once again, like I said, I think this has to do with apostleship. I don't think this has to do with pastors because he hasn't mentioned pastors or bishops or elders one time in this passage. Okay. It talks about preaching, but that's proclaiming the gospel. Uh, the, everybody that's a born-again believer should be proclaiming the gospel. You know, that's why I joke around before that I do believe in women preachers. You better be preaching. You better be proclaiming the gospel, the good news. That's your ministry, your ministry of reconciliation. So I believe in women preachers. The office of a bishop, though, clearly is a man. Okay? But it does not talk about that in this context. It talks about apostles. Some 
disagree, but at the same time, like I said, if that's what you choose to do with your small your body of local body of believers, go right ahead. If that's the way you choose to do it, okay. Anyways, but it says here, but I have used none of these things, neither have I written these things. Really? So the Apostle Paul, the, the letters, the epistles of Paul that are given to the local body of believers, the church, during the church age, Paul says, I haven't even written any of that kind of stuff. I have never said that I have that, that I want that to happen with me, none of it. And it's, so it says, I've written these things, that it should be so done unto me, for it were better for me to die than that any man should make my glory, glorying void or empty. He said, so in order to avoid any offense or any weaker brethren to fall or in, anything to even hinder, as it says, the gospel of Christ in verse number 12, Paul said, I ain't going to do it. That's an amazing example in sample to all of us, I do believe. That's why I, I offer, if somebody wants to donate to this ministry or, you know, help me pay for um, restreaming or something like that, go right ahead if you like to, but it's not required. I don't expect it. How dare I expect it? I, I don't want the, anybody to think that ever that I do that. I don't get monetized. I don't do all that kind of stuff. Doesn't even want to cross my mind. I have a job. Okay, but it says here, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. This is like Paul just basically saying, look, basically, I, this is of necessity. I've been called to do this. This is what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to hinder the gospel in any shape, fashion, or form. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Hmm. For if I do this thing willingly, not of constraint. There's some things that are written about constraint uh, when it talks about um, bishops, you know, self-willed, not of, you know, giving examples that are given in Paul's epistles, talking about not of constraint. Basically, I'm not forcing you, tying your hands behind your back and forcing you to do this. He says, look, I have a reward, but if against my will, necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward, but if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. So, again, he's doing it willingly, not against his will, but even if it was against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. He said, I have no choice in this. Now, this is a little bit different of a situation than we are in. And I, I'll tell you this, the reason why I say that. We have not been given the same commandment that Paul has been given. In fact, Ananias, let's see if we can turn back there and find that real quick. I believe it's Ananias. Acts chapter... Um, I think it's 12... No. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Nine. Is it nine? Yes. Chapter nine. Acts chapter nine. Uh, ba -ba -ba. And this was when he was still Saul of Tarsus. Then Ananias, verse number 13 of chapter nine of Acts, answered, Lord, I have heard many 
by many of this man how much evil he hath done to the saints at thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is chosen, he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. He did all that. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. The, all those that um, live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Those different kinds of things are there, sure. But Paul was given a dispensation of the gospel, as we go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, that uh, was going to get out one way or the other. And that's what he says, the dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. Verse number 18, what is my reward then? Verily that. When I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. He has power. He already talked about this in the chapter, that he has this authority, but he's not going to use it. Hmm. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I may gain the more. He's doing this for the cause of Christ gain the more. And unto the Jews, I became as a Jew. He does this many times, sometimes to his detriment. He compromises to a point where he says, okay, fine, I'll circumcise Timothy. That, that should shut him up, right? It didn't. But he says that he did that. He went back, and you look in through the book of Acts, he goes back to um, Jerusalem. He, does, he participates in feasts and different things that are of Jewish nature. He's of the tribe of Benjamin. Jew of Jews, you know, he was, he was the Jew of all Jews, you know, he, he, stock of Benjamin. So he became a Jew that I might gain the Jews to them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law, the circumcision, okay? Now read on. To them that are without law, uncircumcision, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ. It's a difference that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, hmm. that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Look at the heart of Paul. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partakers thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all. So he goes from this authority, this different things that he has here. He talks about treading some corn out, you know, as an oxen. He talks about all these things, and then he goes to a race. And he uses this many times in, in his writings because the ancient Corinthians, the, uh, the ancients of that Greece region, that Turkey region, which where, is where Corinth is at, they would understand all the games, the, the marathons, the running Okay, you know, marathon, I believe, being in Greece itself. Well, that's right across the strait, you know, from where they're at there in Turkey. You know, this is where, if you look in that region, there's Ephesus and all these different places. You go down, there's Antioch and so forth. As you go down further south, you get into Israel and so forth and so on. But they understood this. They lived under plenty of times where you can go watch games, you, they still dig them up to this day, you know, amphitheaters and things like that. They look, they were really into that kind of stuff, sporting events, games. And so he says here, 
Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. Now, here's something very interesting for you to think about. And I, I'm probably not the first one ever to mention this. I highly doubt it, in fact. But think about what he's saying here. We all run the race, the Christian race. You know, Paul says, I'm ready. You know, I've run the race. I, I've um, run my course. And as he's about ready to be offered and uh, like as before he gets killed and martyred, so forth and so on. So he talks about running. We're all running in this race. But look what it says here. But one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. Now, how can we all, how can we all win first prize? Because we are all one in Christ. And isn't it amazing that all the rewards as we run this race and we want to walk according to the Spirit and all these different kinds of things, all the prizes, the crowns, the gold, silver, and precious stones go back to the one they belong to. Boy, that's fascinating to me when you read this. You say, well, look, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? Well, that makes sense. Everybody gets that crown, you know, that, that wreath that goes on their head. Boy, I want to be that one that wins. If you're in Christ, you are the winner. That's why the multitudes that have been in Christ since this, since this time on to now, when we get and the rewards, the judgment seat of Christ, and the, the reward is given. All these people that stand before Christ are standing <clears throat> before the judge. But there's nothing to judge, sin-wise, none of that stuff. It's to crown them. And all the crowns that we receive, the gold, everything that remains, that are things that are done in Christ, the one, is all thrown back at his feet because he's the one that wins the prize. Isn't that just great? So run that ye may obtain. Well, here you go. It's work salvation right here, boy. Don't I tell you what? So run that ye may obtain. You can absolutely obtain. You can't obtain anything. Try running this race without Christ. Not going to happen. You're not going to win anything. That's why coming to the end of yourself and the, you're at the moment of salvation, placed in the body of Christ. Now we just live for Christ. Run that with that knowledge that you are one in Christ Jesus, as it says in Ephesians. Isn't that great? And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Understand who you are in Christ. Don't be trying to say, I'm winning all these rewards, and boy, isn't my reward going to be great because that's wood, hay, and stubble. I don't care what you do, and that's going to burn up. Thank you, Sister Janet. It was Eli's sons in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 11 through 17. Thank you very much, sis. Eli's sons. Thank you. I couldn't remember if it was Samuel or Eli, and it was Eli's sons. Thank you very much for that. Okay, so the striving for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Now, here's another fascinating parallel. The crowns that they, the people in this life doing that stuff, striving for that gold medal and all these other kinds of things. We think about the Olympics. We think about the, you know, the championship belt, you know, that the fighter wins, the prize fighter, and he wins and finally does all that stuff. That stuff's going to burn up. It's corruptible. So is your flesh. 
But one day, because of him, we put on incorruption. And look what it says here. Now they do it to obtain corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown, the crown of life, this new body that we will receive because we are in him. The first fruits of the resurrection, we're the second fruits. Boom, here it is. Wow. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. Paul's like, I'm running, but I'm not like, you know, just running around blindly in this race thinking like, well, I don't know where the finish line is, but, you know, just running all over the place and whatever. Not blindly. Keep reading. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. This is shadow boxing. You know, you're standing there, you know, you just, you're throwing some, you're not fighting anybody or running anywhere. He's like, I'm not doing that. It says, but I keep under my body and bring it under subjection, knowing who he is, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Paul knew very well that if he let it happen, if he surrendered to his flesh, he'd be justifiably able to receive a lot of different things because that was his authority as an apostle but it would go to his head. See, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. He said, look, if I try to do this in my own power, it is going to be like I'm just beating the air, you know, just throwing punches out there, not doing a, a blessed thing. But knowing who he was in Christ and dying to self, That's where the reward, the incorruptible rewards that we will cast back at his feet will go. And that's why he says, bring it under subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. He could be one of those preachers, you know, one of those ones that, you know, as he said, some preach Christ even to, you know, my detriment or even to harm me or whatever. But he says, nevertheless, I thank, I'm paraphrasing, I thank God that Christ has preached very easily could turn into one of those, and so can we, if we don't understand who in us is actually running the race, and who gets the one reward, the rewards, him. He wins first. (laughs) He has the preeminence. We don't. And Christ in us, we have the victory because of him. And that's where I'm at with that. So, Again, I know it started talking out, you know, is this going to be talking about paying a pastor or not paying a pastor or whatever? Folks, he's an apostle. He talks about apostles. Whether you choose to, you know, pay a man that serves as an, in the office of a bishop within your local body of believers, go right ahead. But that's not what this is talking about. Paul is literally saying, I have this authority, but I don't use it. I know who I am in Christ. I know what can happen to me if I start abusing this power. And at the end of the day, when we run this race, we can say knowingly that it's because of him we finish the course. Therefore, all the blessings, all the rewards, all the crown, all the gold, silver, and precious stones are just placed back in their proper location at his feet. And that's what I have for you tonight, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So we'll get over here. If anybody has any questions, I don't see any on YouTube. Greg Hansen. I haven't seen you on here before. Uh, Greg Hansen on YouTube, but uh, good to have you here. If you've been on before, I, I do apologize if I don't remember. Says, my dad is in the house. Great. 
course, Sister Janet. Thank you for joining me, Sister Janet. Brother Aaron was there, of course. I don't know who all's left on on uh, on Facebook, but I do appreciate you joining me. And if there's nothing else, nobody else is going to call in here or give a give any sort of a question or a comment. We'll wrap it up a little bit early. I'm still working on the Proverbs series as far as the reading of all the way through Proverbs, but uh, have not in the past couple weeks. I was a little bit busy with, you know, with my brothers and sisters in Christ surprising me. So, all right. Thank you again, uh, Sister Janet, if you're still watching. Thank you again for looking up that Bible verse. Um, and for the flesh hook, the ones that were abusing their authority, the sons of Eli, the priests. Well, I think that's it. I think we're going to, I think we'll call it at that. No questions? And remember, if you do have any questions or later on, and you're, or you're watching this later on, you're not watching it live or listening to it live, you can always leave a comment down below. You can always reach out to me as well at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. Once again, that's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. And if that's going to be it, I do appreciate you joining me here and let this mind be in you on another Thursday night. Lord willing, let's see, what is next Thursday? It's the 23rd. Lord willing, I should be on with 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, Paul's going to talk about the, uh, the rock. And uh, I do have a message in a, a series about... Uh, or a couple of messages, I think, about uh, Jesus was the rock in the Old Testament and, and give you some examples of that. So we might talk about that a little bit. Um, we'll talk about the distinction between the Jews and the Greeks, but in Christ there's only the church of God. And um, a lot of things about talking about Israel in there. So we'll, we'll discuss next time in 1 Corinthians 10, like I said, Lord willing. But uh, that's it for tonight. I'll do one more check. Excuse me. One more check. One more check. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sister. Over here on Facebook. Ken from... Oh, brother Ken from Vegas showed me your channel. Okay, well, brother Greg, uh, next time you see brother Ken, I haven't seen him on here, and I haven't seen him on Skype uh, in a little bit. Uh, I know he's super busy, and I was thinking that he may be potentially moving. Um, last time I talked to him. So, Brother Ken from Vegas. Yes, and Brother Greg. So, I don't know if you're down in Vegas or not, but uh, we're around that surrounding area, but it's good to have you here on this channel. Please tell others, okay? I really do appreciate people talking by word of mouth because, like I said, I don't advertise, don't have monetization, so they're not going to promote me in the algorithm. I can guarantee you that. So, but anyways, good to have you on here, Brother Greg. That's it. And it, like I said, you got any comments or any kind of questions or any kind of concerns or anything like that, um, something that was said or there's something that came up that you were questioning a little bit, please, please, please reach out to me. The best way, like I said, is on email, ltmbiy at yahoo.com. With that, that's it. God bless you. Have a great night. And though it started a little rough, it was a little shaky at the beginning, God brought it in. And um, 
All praise, honor, and glory to the one that's worthy of all praise. All right. God bless you. Love you. Remember to have the mind of Christ. And I will see you next time.